All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Happy Friday, everybody. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 295,000. Bag Milk here. Dan's in Lloyd Minster. Tyler's at his house. We got Zach Lang subbing in for uh, Liam and Rick. You are two people, Zach. Big wow. shoes to fill. It is Good Friday, so we're doing an at-home podcast. First one of these we've done in a while. Um, so if it's a little disjointed... Just pretend, just ignore it. Just pretend it's the earlier times and that we're just going to grind through it. But first, I got to start off with a shout out to our friends at Oodle Noodle. 18 locations and counting. You're going to want to pop into one of those this weekend. You're not, you're not cooking anything. You're lazy. You're like me and you can't cook anyway. Go get yourself a pad thai or maybe a kung pao or maybe a hot box or maybe a wonton soup or maybe all of those and you smash it into one bowl and you blend it and you drink it like a Slurpee. Whatever you want to do is up to you. But once you're there, just ask for a free sticker. They are giving out free Oilers Nation stickers at the Edmonton locations of Oodle Noodle. That leads us to my friend Tyler, who has the delicious debate for this week. Yeah, today's question, based off a little article we got up now at OilersNation.com, but it's, who is your non-Connor McDavid MVP for the Oilers? That could be unanimous, obviously, if we were naming our MVP for the season. The guy with almost 158 or 150 points would win that award, uh, but who would be number two? Who's your non-Connor McDavid MVP? We're taking Connor McDavid off the list. Now, three of us have answered this question already. It's going up on the site, as Tyler said. So, Dan, I'm going to give you a second to think about it. Put your thoughts together. So, I'm going to start with Zachary Lang. If we are taking Connor McDavid out of the equation, who is the Edmonton Oilers MVP? 
Well, I think I think the easy answer is obviously Stuart Skinner, right? You know, you look at the way that he's stabilized the crease for the Oilers this season. He's come in, provided really consistent goaltending. He's got like a, a 9-11 save percentage or something of the ilk. And his numbers have been consistent all season long. And I think that's what, you know, the Oilers had kind of been lacking for so long in net, right? Like we would get these great spurts from either Miko Koskinen or Mike Smith, but they can never really seem to sustain it for long periods of time. And, and Stuart Skinner, you know, he's had a couple of blips here or there, but I mean, this guy's come in as a rookie this season and he's looked absolutely tremendous now and saying that i think i'm going with mr ryan Nugent hopkins mr 100 oh. yeah i know oh. you'd i knew you'd love that one i mean i think it's pretty i think it's a pretty easy answer in the same breath too right i mean you look at the fact that he's put up 100 points now in his 12th season in the nhl he's like the fifth or the sixth player to do it in like his season 12 um or or later at his point in his career to like score his first 100 point season um you know the Oilers power play it doesn't operate the same without Ryan Nugent Hopkins right you know it's been uh, at a historic clip again this season and I just think Nuge is such a huge part of the uh the success that this team has right now I love that and just since you touched on the power play Working with Nugent Hopkins, Jonathan Willis, friend of the nation, says, sometimes I hear that RNH is riding the McDavid dry settle coattails on the power play. Not so. Here are those two over the last three seasons at five on four on the power play with and without Ryan Nugent Hopkins. When Nugent Hopkins is on the ice, he get the Oilers are scoring 13.6 goals per hour on the power play. Without, that almost gets halved to 7.5 goals per hour on the power play. Nuge has always been a PP wizard, even going back to his days with the Red Deer Rebels. No surprises continuing this year. Just this year, that power play is on fire. All three of those guys are getting good touches, good looks. Tyler, you're up next. Who is your Oilers MVP if we're taking out Connor McDavid? Yeah, I think Nuge is a fine answer. I think Leon Dreisaitl would be a fine answer. I mean, the guy's having the fourth most productive season of this century, and it's not over yet. Like, if he gets six points in his final three games, he's going to finish with 129. And the only other player this century who's gotten more than 129 points is Connor McDavid. So, I, and he's doing it right now. Like, it's crazy the season Drysaddle's having. But I'm actually going to go with Stuart Skinner. Um, Zach, you talked about the consistencies. Today, I broke down his season into 10 game stretches. So, the first 10 games, 921 save percentage. Then it was a 905. 911, 904, 915. The goals against average only went above three in one of those 10 game stretches this year. How many, for how many years have we sat here on podcasts and in articles being like, ah, if only the Oilers could get consistent 905 to 915 goaltending, they'd be a playoff team. They'd be winning divisions. They'd be a cup contender. And sure shit, Stuart Skinner's given them exactly what they need, which is consistent 905 to 915 play. He's having a great year, an unexpected year. When you consider Jack Campbell's start to the year and how rocky that was for Skinner to be playing lights out at that same time and give the Oilers a stable number one is huge. And I think, listen, if you took Leon Dreisaitl off this team, the Oilers might not be a playoff team either, but if you took Stuart Skinner off this team, they might not be a playoff team. So I think for me, it's close between Drysaddle and Skinner, but I give the edge to Stu just because of the importance of his position. Important question before I get to Nation Dan. Which side of Lloyd Minster are you on? I'm in the Alberta side. Ah, thankful. Yeah, Ooh, I don't. Close uh, one. I don't, I don't try not to cross that border as much as I can. Uh, but for me, I, I'm going to go with the opposite of what Tyler just said. Uh, it's close for me to say Stuart Skinner is the MVP, but if you're going to like, yes, I think that 
internally the team could say that Stuart Skinner is the second most important player on this team. But if you're looking at the if you're looking at this team without Connor McDavid, uh, looking for a Hart Trophy candidate, it would be Leon Draisaitl. Uh, nine times out of ten, and the rest of the league is going to vote for Leon Draisaitl in that situation, just because, like Tyler mentioned, uh, he's six points six points away from being the most dominant offensive player, if not for his own teammates. So, uh, yeah, I, Leon Draisaitl will be the Hart Trophy candidate choice from me. On the website, I said that the two most obvious choices are Leon Dreisaitl and Stuart Skinner, if we're taking Connor McDavid out of the off the board. But since you guys covered all those, I'm just gonna go different. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a little bit out there. I'm gonna say Matthias Ekholm. Yeah. He just showed up. He's a brand new friend. I understand that. But how much different do the Oilers look defensively now that they have Matthias Ekholm on their roster? This guy is doing a lot of heavy lifting both ends of the ice. He's producing offensively, probably at a better clip than we thought he would when he came over in that trade for Tyson Berry. He's really solidified that pairing with Evan Bouchard. He seems to have calmed Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece's pairing down just because they don't have to do quite as much. So just in the effort to be different on this question, the delicious debate for Oodle Noodle, I just want to give Matias Ekholm some love. And Tyler wrote an article today about the Oilers Stanley Cup window being open now. Matias Ekholm is going to be a big part of that, not just this season as we go through the spring and into the playoffs, but in the next three seasons as well, because he's sticking around. He's sticking around. So my answer would be Leon Dreisaitl and Stuart Skinner. That's what I put on the website. That's what's in the article. But for just to be different on the podcast, I'm going to give Matias Ekholm a little bit of love because I just think that they look like a much different team since his arrival. I think that's a fair answer too. Like, I mean, you're right. I think you're filling out a ballot. He's probably not right at the top, but I think he's a guy who deserves an honorable mention for just how good he's been. Dan, what were you going to say? Can't fault the guy for the effective time played. You know, the games played that he's put in with this team have been absolutely effective. So, yeah, I, I love the pick. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of crazy, too, like when you think about it, like he's a guy who's played behind Roman Yossi for so long. And like everybody always said, oh, yeah, Matias Ekholm's a great top four defenseman. Like, you know, he's he's in that high end class. But like, man, he's, he's come in and played essentially top pairing minutes for the Oilers. And, you know, like it's not every day that a team can go out and just acquire like a number one defenseman at the NHL trade deadline, um, let alone giving up, you know, what little the Oilers did relatively to do so. Right. And it's also interesting, too, that I knew about Matias Vacom from the Oilers playing against the Predators, but Tyler, I guess I'll throw it to you first. Does this guy just get disrespected in terms of people not knowing how good he was because of the defensive group he played behind generally? Well, so I think kind of the interesting thing is you go through all the demon he's played with, right? And it's, okay, he had Subban and Ellis and Weber and Yossi and all these guys, and a lot of them did offense really, really well, right? And I think that kind of led to Ekholm being overshadowed or even being cast as a guy who a lot of people said, oh, well, he's really good defensively, but that's about it. One of the most surprising parts of his game to me has been how good he is offensively and how confident he is with the puck. And I just feel like in Nashville, that specific part of his game got overshadowed. Like, has he ever been a number one top pairing D-man in the NHL or on his team, I should say? No, but it honestly may have just been because he wasn't getting those opportunities because it was Yossi, it was Weber, it was name after name that was already there. Suter was there for a while as well. So yeah, I think the offensive side of his game kind of flourishing a bit has been really, really impressive. Zach or Dan, you got a take on that? 
Well, I was just going to say, like, I, I often peruse the different subreddits of uh, the teams and the Predator subreddit continues to pine and yearn for Matthias Ekholm to return. So I, I think that like their fan base even was surprised that the, the transaction happened just because Ekholm was kind of that, that, that diamond in the rough. So, yeah, I think that, I think that a lot of it, and it, we talked about it with Carlson too, is his pairings as well. The guys that he was, that he was slotted with, especially towards the end there, uh, you know, they, they just didn't have the same games played as, and, and the same level of play that, that you got with Evan Bouchard. So I, I just, you know, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a really nice, nice thing that, that Ken Holland was able to go in and pluck him out for what he was able to do it for. Zach. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as much as he's helped settle down the Oilers defense, he's allowed Evan Bouchard to kind of flourish and play to his strengths a little bit more too with, you know, being able to be a little bit more offensive minded, you know, willing to jump up in the rush, you know, take some of the the pressure on him to be, um, you know, everything and more that you need from a, from a guy like him at this point in his career. So yeah, the, the impacts that Ekholm's had on this, this club's a whole have just been tremendous. And I don't know anything about anything, obviously, but I'm just guessing that Matthias Ackholm probably comes into Edmonton with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, given that on October 13th of 2021, he signed the current extension that he is on with the Nashville Predators. And in the first year of that deal, they've shipped him out. Yeah, I, I mean, like, you don't make it to the NHL unless you're a competitive dude. You have to think that that's kind of affecting his mindset. Like, all right, I'm going into the playoffs with a team that has a chance to win it. Fuck Nashville. Let's ride. At least that's what I'm hoping anyway. Yeah, like, I mean, they really did kind of throw him to the curb, right? Like, there was no reason after six bad months of play by that team to go into, like, the rebuild that they did. And I think their current play as a team now is even kind of showing that. Um, So I'd feel a little disrespected by it if I was at home for sure. Again, but in the same breath too, like how can you not be happy about landing in Edmonton? Like, I mean, really, you know, like, and I think something that really stood out too was that when he was acquired, you know, he, he made the comments that his wife was like really excited to come to Edmonton. When was the last time we had somebody spouse be really excited about coming to Edmonton for God's sake. Right. Um, So I think it's really cool all around how, how well this whole ordeal has worked out. I also want to give us, uh, so just we'll wrap up the Matias Ekholm thing. I want to give a little bit of shout out to Landon because she did a deep dive on Instagram, boys. And I got mm. my first peek at what's doing under that tarp of Matias Ekholm's. And let me assure you, the Swedish All Abs team is in good hands. It is oh, in thank the Lord. good, good hands. I know you we know were what? worried I about it. it. I know we didn't have confirmation. We assumed, but I got a visual. I've but I think it. it was a safe assumption to make, though, too, right? I mean, you look at the guy, the way he's built. He's got the Viking beard. He's he's got that he's got that good Swedish body, like Klafbaum and and Larson did. I I felt that he'd be on the All Abs team, you know. But it's it's really nice to know that we can we can sound uh, sound sleepily knowing that now. It's important stuff. We're doing the research that everybody wants to know. But if you want to do some research on travel, just like Tyler, he's got plans this summer. Our friends at AMA Travel are going to help you get where you need to go at the cheapest price possible, and they're going to make it as easy as possible for you to get to your destination. Really, what AMA Travel wants you to do is just have a great time and not worry about the logistics. Dan, we use them for all of our nation vacation events. They're helpful there. They'll be helpful in your personal travel this summer as well. I want to give a shout out to our friends at AMA Travel. Next up, Sorry, Dan, go ahead. The best group of people just are. 
They really are. Uh, next thing we got to talk about, I got to talk about Ryan Nugent Hopkins hitting 100 points on the season. 798 games played as an Edmonton Oiler. When he hit the century mark for the first time, he is the longest serving Oiler. Chances are by the time he rides out the end of this contract, he will play the most games ever as an Edmonton Oiler. And the fact that this is all coming together in his 12th season, I, we've got a couple of new Jassy Idiots questions, so we don't spend too much time on it because I know we're going to dive into it again later, but... Just what did everybody think? Like for me, this was one of I obviously uh, my shtick, the presidency of the Nugent Hopkins fan club. I was excited for this, but I honestly, this was the milestone I was most waiting for over the last handful of weeks when it looked like Nugent was going to get to a hundred points. Connor had gotten there. Well, fucking three months ago, it feels like Leon was there a long time ago, but to see Nugent inch up on it and then finally get there, I was pumped. The internet was pumped. Oilers fans everywhere are pumped. He's just an easy guy to cheer for. It's, I think it's like a, it's an absolving, it's an exhale of old Oilers, you know, our, our former demons, the, the Taylor Halls, the Jordan Everlays of the world that we thought were all going to be hitting hundred points over their career with the Edmonton Oilers. It was wonderful to see it for a guy that's, that's seen some of the depths of, of despair that this team has been through. And uh, he stuck through it all and we kept him forever. And uh, he was able to get that hundred point mark. And it just feels like you said it, bag milk, you know, all these little milestones coming up. Everything's just kind of slotting in here towards the end. Zach, you wrote about it on the website. We're recalling Jason Demers to give him his 700th game. It's just all these little check boxes that are kind of coming together here at the end of the season. You'll love to see it. Team of destiny, Zach. Yeah, honestly, it's pretty crazy to see him hit the the century mark. I mean, I wrote about it uh, and my day after, after the Anaheim game. And, and, you know, I, I still think back to the early days of Nuge where, you know, he was 165 pounds soaking wet coming out of his draft class. And, Maybe. you know, he was this small undersized center and, you know, he got to play behind Sean Horkoff to start his career. And then, you know, he really got fed to the wolves, right? I mean, yeah. like, let's not forget that, you know, Nugent Hopkins was consistently going up against guys like Joe Thornton and Ryan Getzlav and Anze Kopitar in the Pacific Division all the time. You know, these big, tough, strong players. And he was never shy about, you know, going to the dirty areas of the ice to to try and retrieve the puck. And, you know, he's been Mr. Consistency. You know, you always know what you're going to get out of him. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just really cool to see, um, you know, the team push so hard for this forum and, and for him to be able to hit that mark. Hi, guy. Yeah, like kind of just echoing what Zach said. This guy is going to go down as, you know, most games he committed here, right? And it's just that's what makes it such a feel-good story is that it's not just some guy who's been here for a minute, right, or for half a season or whatever. Like he stuck around. He committed to this fan base and this city and this community. And to see that guy get rewarded, you know, like an all-around good guy, everything you hear about him off the ice, good guy. And he has this season and like out of nowhere too. Gregor dug up like most games played to finally have a 100 point season. He's like one of the highest up there. Like it's unheard of for a player to do this. It's just all around awesome. It is awesome. And you know what? He's been around so long and that what makes it even more special for Ryan Nugent Hopkins because like Zach said, he started behind Horkov and like Horkov has been gone a long time. (laughs) And he's been through so many coaches and he's been through so many ups and downs. And even in the Mark Spector article over at Sportsnet, Dallas Akins commented on him after the Oilers beat the Anaheim Ducks. And he said, and I quote, 
Nugent Hopkins is the league's best Swiss army knife for sure. He constantly gets left out of the conversation, but he is a big driver at that team as well. When you've got three players like that, things are going to go well for you. And I think that's another part of the story that, I mean, we enjoy it in Edmonton, but you see the chirps from around the league uh, from other fan bases where he does slot in beside behind Connor and Leon, but Mm -hmm. has he ever complained about it? Not once. He just goes about his business. He plays two-way hockey. And damn it, did he catch fire in a season of all seasons. So, Nuge, we've got some more coming up on you in a little bit. But congratulations, pal. This is a cool, cool season to watch. And I've just been I've just been having a lot of fun when he hit 100 points. People thought that I hit 100 points. My phone was I mean, you, I love you technically it. did, really. I did. You've never seen us in the same room at the same time. Uh, just the last thing I want to touch on before we move on is on better late than ever this past week, or maybe it was last week, we kind of came up with a little internal bet on the podcast. There's about five or six of us right now that once Ryan Nugent Hopkins hit the 100 point mark, we wanted to donate $1 per point for however he goes to the end of the season. I hope he gets to 160 by the end of the year. Um, I will donate a dollar per point to the Edmonton Humane Society. We've got about five or six of us doing the exact same thing. So there could be a nice little chunk of money getting raised. So if you want to jump in on this, if you're listening to this, go, damn it, I'm in. Just hit me up on socials. We're going to see what kind of group we can get together to make a little donation to the Edmonton Humane Society. Nuge is a big animal person. It all makes sense. Let's hope he finishes off with some more points here so we can raise a little bit more money before the end of the year. Uh, Speaking of milestones, it's we just keep hitting these over and over again. And Connor McDavid, as we record today on Friday, April 7th is two points away from 150. We revisited some preseason predictions earlier on an episode, probably a couple of weeks ago. Mine was 138 points, which I felt was lofty before the season. That would have been a bump up on what he did last year, but 150 is right there. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he hits it tomorrow against San Jose. Zach, what do you make of Connor going for 150? First time this has happened in forever. Yeah, pretty incredible. I mean, same sort of a thing with Nuge, right? Like, what a year to have a year. Um, you know, it's pretty crazy, really, when you think about just how productive this guy's been. I know Daily Faceoff has something up there that, um, you know, this year from Connor McDavid adjusting for for points and era, this is the top or the 10th best season of all time in terms of point production. Um, it's really incredible to see what he's doing. You know, you go out there, you watch him every night and, and it's just, it's incredible hockey. He's doing things that nobody else in the world can do or has ever done before. Funny enough, I was actually uh, looking back. I was watching an Oilers game from like 2017 against Tampa Bay, and they uh, Connor McDavid had a four goal night that night, and he scored on like his third or fourth shift. And I was just watching him then and thinking about how he plays now, and it's the same style of play. Like he's just so so aggressive on pucks in the offensive zone, and even then, you know, he was doing incredible things with it. And it's he's just grown even more over the last couple of years. And I think something that people don't talk about too is like. You you know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, his his offensive game is so great. We all know that, right? But he's really coming to his own as a defensive, a very strong two-way player, a very strong defensive player. Um, you know, according to hockeyviz.com, he provides defense, uh, even strength defenses at an eight percent rate above league average, and he provides offense at a twenty-two percent rate above league average. Um, he truly can go out there and do it all right now. And I think um, uh, you know, in due time in due time, we could be hearing about him for the Selkie. Saying 22% above league average for McDavid's offense still sounds a little, like, low. (laughs) Like, 22%. Let's bump that up. 
Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, right? Like even looking, uh, Nathan McKinnon is at 17% above league average. And uh, I'm just pulling up Austin Matthews really quickly. He's also at 22% above league average. Um, I I think it's probably a little bit shy on McDavid there, but, uh, you know, what can you do? Dan, what do you make of this? You had our highest prediction, if I remember correctly, when we did this preseason, but Connor's going to hit 150 and probably sail past it if he plays all three remaining games. Yeah, well, and I mean, you look at his his trajectory on a on a curve. It's uh, it's still going up, and I'm I'm starting to wonder if if this is the ceiling. I I don't even think 160 is the the highest point total that we can expect from him in his career, which is unbelievable to say. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, I we always I feel like I'm waxing poetic about it every week. We are in the good days right now. We are in the good old days. We are going to be thinking about these seasons for the rest of our lives. And uh, it's it's a special time to be alive. And and, you know, I know that offense is up and everything, but man, oh, man, 150 points. It just feels it feels like something extra special. And and, you know, I know that some nights it becomes the the ordinary and it becomes the the expected outcome but but we are watching something special right now and we've said it on this podcast a million times i'll just double down on it again enjoy what you're watching we watched a lot of very lean years in the history of oilers nation we watched a lot of i remember seasons where the oilers would have like their leading score would have like 65 points or something like that and i'd be like man if only we could have a player that was a point per game And now you've got one that's almost two points per game. Enjoy it. Remember how special it is because like Dan said, they are the good old days. Tyler, wrap us up. Connor closing in on 150. Since the start of last season, Connor McDavid has 62 more points than anyone not named Leon Dreisaitl. Um, That's ridiculous. Like just (laughs) absolutely insane. 62 more points over a two season span. And like the more, like the further back you go, the more insane it is. If you go last three regular seasons, Connor McDavid has 117 more points than anyone not named Leon Drysdale. McDavid and Drysdale are the only ones to be at 300 points or more in the last three years. Next is Mitch Marner at 259. Like, it's absolutely insane. The production is nuts. I mean, a handful of us, we keep an eye on the betting lines and stuff like that for every game. And it's like his over-under for points now is two and a half per game. That's bonkers. That shouldn't be happening in the NHL. And it's kind of funny to see right now people buzzing about Connor Bedard and the production he has in the WHL. And like, oh, could he be the next Connor McDavid? Connor McDavid's putting up Connor Bedard numbers in the NHL. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely nuts. Just one last thing. It's funny you mentioned the betting market, Tyler, because um, earlier in or before the season started, I got Connor McDavid at over 121 and a half points. I cashed that bet on March 6th. Crazy. <laughs> like, it's just insane how low even, you know, like you look at 122, you know, he needs 122. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, he could probably get there. Right. Um, but it's pretty remarkable to see just how quickly he was able to do it this year. And uh, just sticking with betting for one second, since you guys brought it up just for our friends at Betway, I got to tell you boys, I got smoked against the ducks the other day. Having that game end up at a three, one game. I got smoked. Because I had a lot of parlays that were going over five and a half plus something else. Boy, (laughs) I got greedy and it hurts. 
I got really, I got really greedy on that game, and I just uh, took the Oilers minus five and a half because I was like, yeah, they can win by six goals. They did not. <laughs> Tyler, how'd you do? Um, I didn't do that well either. I had McDavid to score, Drysaddle assist on a parlay, and that one didn't hit. Um, I did just straight up bet him on the puck line, even though the juice wasn't really there. So at least that came through for me. But yeah, it wasn't a great game. The thing that always boggles the mind is you look at some of these numbers for Connor McDavid with our friends at Betway and where the line's at. Like betting on Connor McDavid to get a single point or even two points in a game, there is no reason to be putting any money on that. Zero. Zero. You know? But of course, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like him to score a point on any given night, it's like minus a thousand. Like it's like, what? Like even like to score two points now is is like sitting close to like one seventy five, uh, minus two hundred two, which is also just absolutely bonkers. He was but, even money at over two and a half points on Wednesday. Like that's ridiculous. If you like to, if you like to up your win loss total, that's a definite way to do it. Yeah, that is true. That is true. a good point by Dan. Yeah. Polish the record a little bit. Just bet on <laughs> one single point for Conor McDavid at minus a thousand. You could put, well, I mean, you got to put a lot to make anything. You got to you yeah. got to be putting some units down. That's for sure. <laughs> but of course, as always, we want to remind you: please bet responsibly. If you're using our friends at Betway, and make sure that you are of legal gambling age, nineteen plus in Ontario. Got it. Good. Uh, where I want to go next is the schedule a little bit. We are currently on schedule watch. The Oilers have three games left. We've got two against San Jose. We've got one against Colorado. Currently on a six-game point streak. We are now three down of Las Vegas, three up on LA. How are we feeling, boys, about this last handful of games going into the playoffs? I'm I'm super. I'm feeling. Sorry, go ahead, Dan. Okay, yeah, I was just going to say, I'm super happy about uh, the fact that LA is sitting exactly where we're sitting behind the Golden Knights. So to me, we're we're gonna probably get home ice advantage. It's just a question now of are we gonna catch the Golden Knights or not? Tyler, what do you think? Tyler gone. Zach, what do you get? Rest in peace, Tyler. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's gonna be pretty tight. Like I think, you know, the Oilers have a good chance to win out the rest of the way here. Um, you know, you look at Vegas, the Oilers are three points back of them right now for first place in the conference. It looks like there's a very good chance that, you know, Vegas and Edmonton could kind of finish uh one two here. You know, you look at Vegas, they got Dallas on Saturday, then they have a a home and home set with Seattle on Tuesday and Thursday. The Oilers basically need to win out and Vegas needs to lose two of those three games. I think for the Oilers to have any shot at taking down uh, the conference and the division. So it's going to be tight, but you know what? I think we're, you know, you got to be happy with where the Oilers are sitting right now at 103 points, you know, plus 56 goal differential on the year. Um, That's pretty incredible to see from this team. Look, and just to wrap that up, the Kings, they have Colorado tomorrow, then Vancouver on Monday, and then they wrap up the season against the Ducks on Thursday. Tyler, what do you make of these last handful of games? It's just really confusing right now because of the way the schedule is laid out. Like, okay, so if Edmonton wins out, they'll be at 109, which means Vegas is at 106. They would need three points, or if they got three points in their final three games, they'd be tied. Edmonton holds the tiebreaker. So if Edmonton wins out, Vegas has to go two and one. Okay. Vegas plays Seattle twice and Dallas once. So if Vegas loses those games, 
then realistically, that means Seattle could then catch LA, right? Because if Vegas loses out, that means Seattle's more or less winning out and Vegas has a tough matchup still on their schedule. So I feel like Edmonton LA is almost locked in because one, the most likely outcome is they finish second and third. But if Seattle wins out, and Edmonton wins out, then there's actually a chance we just get Edmonton as the one seed and LA in the wild card because Seattle's four back of them with a game in hand, so they could realistically catch them. Like, it's just, it's crazy complicated right now, but it's fun. Like, I just remember in past years, the NHL playoff race and seeding race was just kind of like non-existent. There was nothing up for grabs, and now we're at a point where we're heading down the stretch here, and there's still a lot to play for. Place your bets, boys. Do the Oilers get home ice, and who are they facing? I'm going to say yes, home ice, and we got L.A. Who else? What you got? Yeah, I'm going to go yes, home ice, we got L.A. as well. I'm going with the same thing as you. I mean, uh, HockeyViz.com has probabilities for who the Oilers will face. 75% chance of facing the L.A. Kings, 13% chance of facing Seattle, 7% facing Winnipeg, 3% Nashville, and somehow a 2% chance of facing Calgary. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with uh, LA and home ice advantage. Dan, Tyler, what's your bet on? Correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, you probably know better than me, but if the Oilers won the Pacific, would they not be the best team in the West and then they would play the Winnipeg Jets or the whoever, whichever team slides into the bottom of the wild card there? Uh, yeah, if the Oilers were to win out. That's correct then correct because right now Colorado is uh, three Three points points back back. of the Oilers with two games in hand Um, but if Edmonton winning out means they would beat Colorado in a game so yeah they would be number one in the conference and then could potentially get the wildcard team I guess so I'm saying we're playing the Winnipeg Jets in round one revenge from the bubble hockey Tyler what do you got Uh, home ice in round one against the LA Kings that's just the most likely just to wrap up the the standings talk here a little bit outside of what's going on in Edmonton. That second wild card spot is super interesting. No, you take it. No, you take it. Right now, Winnipeg, they can't get out of their own fucking way. They're at 89 points. Calgary is at 89 points. Uh, Winnipeg has a game in hand over Calgary, but Nashville is right there at 88 points with a game in hand on, uh, on Calgary as well. This this second wild card position is going to get spicy over the last couple of games. Who's watching and who are you pulling for? I want to see Nashville get in just because they traded away a couple of guys. And I think that would just be hilarious. Plus they would just get, I mean, I think whoever slides into that second wildcard spots do for an ass whooping. Um, but I think I'd like to see Nashville get in there just cause they sold and you know, still got Oilers, got Matias at home and everything. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like an absolute mid off between these three teams. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing to be honest for me. The business Bag milk wants to see Calgary get in just because it's, I understand mm. the financial implications for our business if that happens. But Oilers fan bag milk wants to laugh at them and say, fuck you forever. So I'm very torn on it. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I have a funny feeling Winnipeg's going to find a way to hold on. Um, their vibes have not been good recently, but like if one of Nashville, Calgary, or Winnipeg would have played decent hockey from the deadline on, they'd be like in control of this thing. So it's kind of funny to look at a scenario where Nashville, if they win out, they will get in. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to end up being the Winnipeg Jets that hold on. Dan, what do you say? You said the Oilers are playing Winnipeg, so you think they're getting in on that second wild card spot? 
Yeah, I think that I think that it's just a stumble and bumble and mess, but that the Winnipeg Jets end up there just because they're in that spot right now. And honestly, wouldn't it be better for like I'm just thinking big picture now. Wouldn't it be better for Calgary if they miss? Because then they can go into the offseason and make the required changes that they probably want to. But if they get into the playoffs, then, oh, they got in. It wasn't perfect, but they got there. We won three games, Bank Milk. They won three games. I was actually talking to my buddy down in Calgary yesterday about this. I talked on the phone for a good half hour. And he was kind of like thinking that like the best thing that the Flames really should do is just tank right now and sell. Right. Like you got to. I think the Flames are in this really weird position and have been for such a long time where they've just accepted mediocrity for the last decade. And they're like, oh, well, if we make the playoffs, that's great. But then they're out in the first round. So what the fuck did it even matter, right? And if they just miss the playoffs, they're like, oh, well, you know, at least we're not the Edmonton Oilers and picking first overall. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, is, you look back at any of the teams that have won the Stanley Cup in the last decade, and I think all but one of those teams uh, drafted their own first overall pick or had multi and had multiple like top five picks as well. Right. You know, I think if you're the flames, you need to just tank after this season, you know, trade away Huberdeau, trade away Uyghur, get rid of Nazem Kadri, and then just try and sell it to the fan base that, Hey, you know what? We're going to get a shiny new arena in three or four years and try and be competitive. Right. Tyler, wrap it up. Shiny new arena in three to four decades at the rate they're currently moving down there. Um, well, I heard Houston does have a new arena that they can play in. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's weird in Calgary. I think even if they make it and like lose in five games, the required changes will get done. And the other thing right now is, I mean, you'll never convince players to tank, right? So like those guys are going to compete their asses off. And Jacob Markstrom, to his credit, has started to play some decent hockey. So I could see the Flames getting in. But here's a question I'll float back to you guys. Whether you were Edmonton or Colorado or Vegas as the one seed, which one of those three would you want to face the least? I fear no one. But I guess if I have to pick, hell, uh, hmm. it's either it's either Winnipeg or Nashville for me, just because of the goaltenders. Yeah. If Hellebuck has stolen a series against the Oilers before, and and Nashville's just got equally good goaltending if they get in, so I guess those two. But I ultimately I fear no one. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I don't fear anybody. I'm definitely worried about, would be worried about Winnipeg because I think that they can play some good defensive hockey. And uh, Hellebach, man, like you said, he's he's good. Dan? I've just been, I've been fearing Winnipeg since that last bubble hockey series. I just don't like when you have an all-star goalie against this team because that seems to be the only thing that, that holds them back is themselves and they just kind of start passing the puck too much instead of shooting it on them. Good news is the Oilers also have an all-star goalie. Whoop, whoop. Boom. See what I did there? Uh, just to wrap up some Oilers talk before we get to ask the idiots, I just want to give Jack Campbell a little bit of love. He's had a tough season. We all know it. We've beat up on the guy a handful of times in various ways. So I want to give him some love for the last two starts he had. I was at the clinchmas game at Rogers Place that he shut out the Anaheim Ducks. In the game the other night, he had a 9.26 or something like that against the Ducks, only gave up the one goal. So I just want to give a little bit of love to Jack. I thought that the last two games were really strong. Yes, it's a weaker opponent, but those were not uh, easy outs for the goaltender, I don't think. I don't think that would be fair to say. Um, So what do you guys think of Jack's last couple of games? And just, you feel good for the guy. 
Yeah, you absolutely do. And I think too, and you know, you know, knock on wood in an absolute worst case scenario, you know, hopefully he's feeling better about his game, you know, should disaster strike in the playoffs. Uh, you just never know. You have to always be ready. So I think it's a good sign that, you know, his game seems to really be at least right now clicking as it was uh, back in January. For me, they weren't casual wins either. It wasn't just, uh, you know, 12 shots, 15 shots against and and nothing happening low event hockey, uh, especially in the clinch game. Early on, Campbell was tested quite a bit and, and in close and in situations where in the past, the Jack Campbell that we'd watched all season would have let, you know, the little trickler in underneath his pads or, or been out of position on that second rebound or that third rebound chance that they had. So, so yeah, I mean, to Zach's point, you get you get some confidence boosts there just kind of parceled in and God help us if we have to use Jack Campbell more than once or twice in the playoffs. But if we do, he's uh, he's going to be a, a great, you know, just kind of stand in for those moments and then get him out of there again. Tyler. Yeah. I mean, great for him. Hopefully it's a confidence builder. Um, I still think, you know, this year's a write off. He's not going to play an important role in any Oilers playoff games or anything like that. And at the end of the day, he played well against the Anaheim Ducks who were a very, very bad hockey team. So I'm not like saying Jack Campbell's back or anything like that, but it's a positive building block, which I guess is good. Yeah. I just want to give him a little bit of love. I'm not saying that like we're ignoring the first 80. That was a really nice comment, Tyler. That was nice of you. <laughs> yeah. You could hear it the ducks, I don't know. You could hear a little bit of it dripping from behind it, but it was good. It was good. Yeah, just a nice backhanded compliment every now and then. <laughs> you know? We all need one. We all need one. Rick wasn't you see, Rick would have been there to jump on you and pounce yeah. on you about the Yeah, Anaheim Rick's not thing. here. You got anything negative to say about the Oilers today? It is the time to do it because <laughs> Rick will not cut you off. <laughs> Ah, shit. Uh, Before we get to Ask the Idiots, I just want to tell you to go to nationgear.ca. We got some fresh threads up there, including the 2023 playoff gear. Let's get oily. Let's oil up. Those are up at nationgear.ca. All of us have ordered one for the playoffs. I am going with the white and orange. I think it looks sharp. Which one did you guys go with? White and orange. Black and blue. Black and blue as well. I'm not a big white color guy. Well, it's risky. But I'm in summer mode. I want to be summer bag milk and I got a nice white tea. Come on. Uh, so go check those out at nationgear.ca as well as the year of nuge teas that are flying. I'm looking at our back end of the Nation Gear store and you guys are animals with this tea. I love it. These things are moving. So if you want to get a limited time, limited edition year of nuge tea to celebrate the 100 points, go over to nationgear.ca. Got it? Good. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ask the idiots, boys. We've got five questions today. Some of them are nonsense. Some of them are actual hockey questions. So let's get to it on my screen. First up is Zachary Lang. You are big on my Zoom screen. So you get the first one. If the nation was to have a charity boxing night amongst the staff, what would the card look like? Who's fighting who? That one comes in from (laughs) Sam. Oh, man. That's incredible. Okay, so I think right off the top, we're going to go Jay and Wanye. We'll mm-hmm. be pitting them against each other. We go with the, nice. the two co-founders. I think that one makes the most sense as the main card. Yep. I think for the undercard, you're going to have uh, a Begged Milk and Tyler going at it. I think Ooh. there's a lot of tension that's built up over the last decade here. Um, I think we're going to have a heavyweight bout of me and Coonsy. I think that would be a pretty good little scrap right there. Uh, Nation Dan and Josh would go at it from the hockey fights team. Uh, and then Waz, Waz, that's an interesting one. I think we're going to go with Waz and Liam on the undercard as well. I like this. Dan, you're up next on my screen. Who do you got in the nation uh, boxing card for the ages? Oh, man, this is a, this is a heck of a question. Uh <laughs> My my headliner, I think I've got to go back into the into our roster a little bit deeper too. Uh, my headliner match would be the nation Chris versus the nation Kyla. Uh, the goalie battle would just be. I, I think it's something that it was it was needed back then. We missed out on that opportunity, so got to bring them back for that. Uh, I would love to see uh, a Mandy's and uh, Noopsy Brown battle. Uh, yeah, that would be a, a be a good one, and then. I want to see Wanye, but Wanye has to fight all of the dogs of the nation. And I just, you know, Wanye versus the dogs. We got, we got some bets coming out there. So that would be uh, that would be one. And then was in a, in a triple threat match versus uh, Spencer and Aaron as the producer, Aaron as the, uh, as the final match of the night. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going a little spicier with it. You know, well, what a dumb question this is. I love it. Tyler, <laughs> who's fighting who? I like Zach's line of thinking. You know, you get the hockey fights guys. He's got the footy guys with Liam and Waz going head-to-head. The founders going head-to-head. All of that is great. I just want to add in the have the ambulance on standby old-timers tilt between Gregor and Brownlee. Oh, <laughs> oh I that's love like that. the C- Do you remember the CFL, uh, the Grey Cup pregame yeah. they had a couple of years ago where the guys are fighting with the walker and the cane? That's that right there. That's perfect. A lot. I actually had, uh, so a lot of these are similar to what I'm thinking. I've actually got the only person I think that could defeat Brownlee is actually Dan. Dan sizes up against Brownlee pretty well. He's got that old man strength, but Dan's been a bouncer. He knows how to handle himself. So that's one of my fights there. I do really love the founders card. 
I like Jay versus Wanye. They're both tall. They're both lanky and long. I like that one a lot. Me and Tyler, though, we're not going to be fighting each other. We are going to be a tag team unit. Mm. And I think that we are going against Liam and Waz. And I think we're going to mm. dummy them. <laughs> I think we're going to absolutely dummy them. And then uh, I'm just, I'm going to do a rundown battle. It's not an Oilers Nation thing specifically, but I've got Gregor and Sarah Valley finally going at each other to sort out <laughs> some of that tension. I think this is the move we need. I think this is an excellent idea. We should uh, schedule this for August. We are skipping the golf tournament. We are fighting each other for the internet to enjoy. Charity boxing tournament. Let's do it. Question number two. Tyler, I am starting with you first. Do you think this one comes in from Landon? Do you think Nuge should get a Selkie nomination this year? I know the points shouldn't matter for this award, but he's exploded this year while keeping his defensive game intact. Uh, no, I, I think his defensive game is good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not Selkie level. I, uh, yeah, no, I'm just flat out saying no to that. 100 points, yes, great. Doesn't affect the Selkie, though. Uh, Zach? Yeah, I think he's arguably having one of his better defensive seasons in the NHL as a whole. Uh, I just don't think it's on Selkie level. Dan? I'm not going to pretend to know really what the Selkie's uh, like breakdown is. I just feel like it's a club that you have to be a part of, and he's just not a part of that club yet, so no. Uh, I actually think Nuge is going to win the Norris and the Vesna, so yes, we'll add the Selkie to that as well. Question number three, ask the idiot. Zach, I'm starting with you. Uh, oh, this is mostly for bag milk, but I guess I'll ask the rest of the crew. What is your favorite thing about Ryan Nugent Hopkins from over the years? I'm bag milk now. Um, my favorite thing about Nugent, I'm just going to go back to what I said earlier. I think, uh, the fact that this is a guy who's had to be paired up against the toughest and the biggest players, um, around the NHL for a very long time. And he's always held his own very well. Uh, for me, it's the fact that he's, he's had to go up against the, the thorns and the Getzlavs of the world for a long time. For me, it's the fact that he likes horses and that he does a lot with horses in the off season and owns his own stable of horses, which is just, I think it's cool because you hear about like hobbies and interests of the players, but you don't normally get to see like the actual, you know, business outcome of that hobby or that excitement. Shout out to RNH stables. And also I personally have a theory that he is training those horses to be a horse force of sorts as some kind of uh, honor guards for when he is retired, you know? Tyler, your favorite thing about Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Uh, that picture of when he scored his first NHL goal against the Penguins and he's in the locker room with like the tight Under Armour shirt on and he looks like he's maybe 115 pounds. That gives hope to people like me with my build that you can be successful in life even if you look like a string bean. Uh, currently, according to the NHL site, he is clocking in at 195. No so he's, he's allegedly gained a couple of LBs since that first pick from back in the day. My favorite thing about Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I guess is just, he is the most low maintenance player. The Oilers probably have ever had. Mm -hmm. He has gone through some horrible seasons with this franchise, terrible seasons with this franchise. He does not complain. He quietly goes about his business. He will step in front of the camera and spit out any one of his Rolodex of cliches for whatever situation he's in. He has been in front of the camera. He's behind the camera. He is doing everything this team needs of him, including stepping aside when two generational players come into the lineup and he's good with it. 
So I think being the most low maintenance player the Oilers probably have, it's got to rank right up there. Right up there. Tyler, I'm distracted by that. What's it, that that hat, the tan hat? What color is that actually? This one? Yeah. It's tan. It's like a light brown. It's a nice lid. Hey, shout Ooh, out to my I like that in the hat. sports closet. I like that hat. I like that hat. Uh, starting with Dan again. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> if Oilers Nation Radio had a food truck, what would each host have as a signature dish in addition to the tomato soup with pasta and chip mm. butties? Oh, yeah, I'm going with a Costco hot dog addition Ooh, to nice. the list. That's real nice. Respect that. Zach, we're opening up an Oilers Nation food truck. What is your signature dish? Oh, it's easy. Don't air from Queen. Uh, actually, no, I'm not going to go with Queen. I'm actually going to go with Primetime. They've been my spot lately. So I'm going to go with a, a Primetime Don't Air. What about if you're making something yourself? I'm making something myself? Yep. Oh, man. Great question. Um, Chris Buddies for everybody. What? Chris buddies are good, but I'm going to go with just like a super simple grilled cheese. Kind of in oh, a grilled cheese nice. phase right nice. now. Just feeling like grilled cheeses all the time. That would really go really nice. well with that tomato soup and pasta. Exactly. I was just going to say Absolutely. that, Dan. That is the perfect combo. The perfect add-in. Tyler, you've already got a signature disc- dish yep. on the menu. What else you added? Uh, so at this food truck, because I'd imagine we're like parked outside the pint or whatever, right? So... Again, we're serving normal stuff, and then as soon as it hits like midnight, boom, fried veggies are on the menu. People stumble out of the bar. You give them a little oh, bowl no. of some fried veggies, and they go home and they sleep. What? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Vitamins, man. Do you hate people? Yeah, like, just I imagine. Freak. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of uh, leftover veggies that we're going to have to discard because that is <laughs> nobody wants that when they're leaving the pint after a night out. Except Tyler. Uh, if I am putting a signature dish on, you know what? I'm going to put some shredded chicken tacos on there. I make a really mm. nice shredded chicken taco. Everybody's having a good time with it. Maybe some fresh salsa. I'll make that. Maybe some fresh guac. I'll charge you extra, but I'll make it. That'd be really nice. Everybody's having a good time with uh, Oilers Nation food truck. That's what me thinks. I'm surprised you didn't go with a frozen pizza. I do love a frozen pizza. The Casa de Mamas, though, I am a little bit upset with them. A Safeway, every now and then, they will have them on sale for $2.99. They have bumped that up by at least $0.60 cents per pie. I'm upset about it. This inflation is out of control. Out of control. Last question for Ask the Idiots. This is a super easy one. It is Easter weekend. What is the all-time best Easter candy or chocolate? Zach? Mini eggs. Not even a question. They are, they are the goat of Easter. Not an easiest answer. Dan? Cadbury cream eggs. Tyler? I'm not even a big chocolate guy, but it's definitely mini eggs. There's something about the coating and the chocolate that makes it so good. Thank God neither of you said peeps. <laughs> if anybody says peeps, I'm kicking them off this podcast. You're not allowed back on. It's a tough day. I don't even know why they. I don't even know why they make those. But uh, you know what I love? I love a like a chocolate bunny, not a solid one. I love the hollow one, mm. and then I'll put it into my freezer, and then just snap a little piece off from time to time. Mm. Treat myself nice. Come on, a frozen bunny. It's a classic. It is a classic, and everybody's having a good time. If you have questions for Ask the Idiots for next Friday, just slide on into my DMs. The boys don't see those, so they get their first take on what. Uh, comes to mind. So, Assy, it is just pop on in. 
Say, hey, bag milk, I got a question for Ask the Idiots. I will slot you in, provided that your question isn't completely stupid. But as you can see, the bar is not very high. The bar is not very high. Uh, Before we wrap up the podcast with some hot and cold performers, I just want to look ahead at tomorrow's matinee against the San Jose Sharks. This is a weird game. The Sharks are clearly, they're just, they're not even embracing the role of the spoiler. They're just really mediocre and bad. It seems like they're riding out the string. They've got a lot of veterans that probably just want to go golfing or spend time in the sun or whatever they do in the offseason. They are 3-4-3 three, and three over the last 10 with a two-game losing streak coming into this one against the Oilers tomorrow. Tyler, what do we expect from this second-to-last matchup versus the Sharks? Yeah, it's weird. The Sharks like somehow got on a little bit of a run there and won like three games in a row, but they're kind of back up to their uh, usual stuff. They're coming off a loss. They only have the three wins in their last 10 games. They are not that good. They cannot keep up with the Edmonton Oilers, and they got smoked 6-2 by the Avs in their last game yesterday. So uh, I'm not expecting them to put up that much of a fight, but it is the NHL, so you never know. The Oilers still got to show up and play their A game, you know? Nation Dan, expectations from tomorrow's matinee. I, I just think that this team is clicking on all cylinders and you might as well not stop now. So I hope that they continue to uh, continue to just kind of put the foot down on the neck of some of these uh, lesser teams and, and get into the playoffs in that winning mood. Zach. Yeah. You know, really just got to hope the Oilers come on, you know, look like they care about this game. Um, I mean, I didn't really feel like they cared a whole lot about the Anaheim game and, you know, when you're not out there giving it, you know, a hundred percent against a team that is kind of going to be giving it like 85, 90%. Scary things can happen. Uh, What am I expecting though? The San Jose Sharks to continue feeding Eric Carlson, the puck. He's at 98 points on the year. They are very bricked up to get him to a hundred. Understandably. So it's a big season. Uh, I'm just expecting like, listen, if the Oilers play the way they can and not, I'm not like if they play the way they did against LA on Tuesday, they're going to run through San Jose. I'm not even worried about it. But if they're looking ahead, maybe at the game against Colorado, that's coming up immediately following that game against San Jose, they could get burned. So my hope for the game is that they just focus on the task at hand. They go handle their business and they beat a team that they ultimately should beat more often than not. That will lead to a 4-2 win guaranteed. Put a couple of shekels on it. I promise you. Tyler, score prediction. Uh, 5-2 Oilers. Zach? 6-1 Oilers. Nation Dan. 3-1 Edmonton. Puck line for everybody. Let's wrap up the podcast with some hot and cold performers. Let's just wrap up the last week of our lives. But we start off with our veggies, as always. Nation Dan, you are up first. You are cold performer of the week. Uh, I've been trying to think of a cold performer this whole time. Uh, I'm going to give it to myself for uh, for calling out one clean Costin. Uh, earlier this week said that he should be dropped out of the lineup and then he's just been hell of, having a hell of a week. So uh, I'm giving myself my cold performer of the week. Why are you the way that you are? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. <laughs> or Toby. Uh, Zach, your cold performer of the week. All right, here we go. My cold performer of the week is the NHL. Look, it is good Friday today. Today, kids are home from school. There are absolutely zero NHL games on the schedule. What the fuck, NHL? MLB has an 11, or sorry, MLB has a 14 game slate today. NBA has an 11 game slate. Why aren't there any hockey games on? They are just fucking ass right now. Wow. I haven't heard you that really are Dan. Right. <laughs> Jeez. I forgot I got aggressive. Yeah, you really did. <laughs> Tyler, your cold performer of the week. 
Uh, my cold performer of the week is going to be LA Kings fans for booing Connor McDavid. What are you doing? Your franchise would be irrelevant if the Oilers didn't decide to sell Wayne Gretzky. So Kings fans booing Connor McDavid, lame. No, God! No, God, please, no! See, I actually kind of like that because it told me when Connor was on the screen and I should be paying attention more. Fair. I, uh, I'll just, I didn't have anything. I actually had a pretty good week. So I'm just going to go. Yes. LA Kings fans. You were completely unhinged. Liam tweeted something after the win on Tuesday that I just kind of fell down a rabbit hole because of his tweet that said my, now my favorite thing is to go read the replies on the other teams, like score update post game and Kings fans are unhinged. I'm starting to think that they're realizing that they're not that good and it hurts. It hurts real bad. I tuned into their game last night against the Golden Knights just to see Zach McEwen grease that guy from behind. And uh, and the Kings announcer was going on about McDavid still. This is what they played like three games since then. And he was still ranting about McDavid while the hit was going on. I actually got they that very sent to me. They very quickly become my least favorite fan base in the NHL. They're fucking insufferable. Worse than Flames fans right now. Bar none. So, cold performer of the week. I'm agreeing with Tyler. It is LA Kings fans. Uh, just a quick note, by the way. Sorry, I guess I got to save this till after. But Cody CC is not going to play tomorrow. He's returned to Edmonton for personal reasons. Uh, yeah, well, he's, he's having, having a baby. Having a baby. Oh, yeah. I missed that earlier in the show. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. He gonna be a dad. Uh, honorary. Honorary cold performer to Tyler for not paying attention to me about 45 minutes ago when I was talking about this. Nope, I'm watching the Masters. And how are your betting doing? Not and, great, uh, but my hot performer of the week, if we're transitioning there, is that it's Masters weekend, and that has me very excited and admittedly very distracted as well. I can't believe it! Well, there you go, Bag Milk. You're not getting a cold performer of the week sound. Sorry, bud. Oh, that's He gave cold. one. He said Kings fans too. <laughs> But I didn't get a button. Uh, Tyler's already gone. Hopper from the week. Nation Dan, you're up next. Your Hopper from the week. Uh, mine's going to go to the Edmonton Oilers for the small head nod that they did to Jason Demers, letting him get his 700th game there uh, tomorrow afternoon. I think that's awesome. I think that that's important for an organization heading into a playoff run to have these little check boxes done. So the Oilers for giving Jason Demers his 700th game gets my Hopper from the week. Put some respect on my name. Uh, I'm sorry I could have made this announcement after we were done hot and cold performers, but it turns out that Cody Cece is returning to Edmonton for personal reasons. Source? <laughs> and Jason Demers might slide into his position on the ice? <laughs> Zach, your hot performer of the week. My hot performer of the week is friend of us all, Coombsy. He got engaged this week. Congratulations to Coombsy. Cash money. And he kept that one super tight too. I was talking about him at uh, talking about it with him yesterday at Nation HQ, and it's his story to tell. But he just he just got the job done, and I respect it. I love it. So shout out to Coomzy as well. Uh, my hot performer of the week. I'm always on brand. Ryan Nugent Hopkins hit 100 points for the first time in his NHL career. 600, uh, 798 games played as an Edmonton Oiler in the regular season. He is going to be the longest. He is the longest serving Oiler. He will have the most games under his belt by the time all is said and done. But this week he hit a milestone that a lot of us didn't really expect. And for that, I say kudos, my friend. Kudos. The big guy is smoking hot. Oh, and bag milk. Sorry, while you were talking there, uh, just came across the wire. Cody Cece will not be playing tomorrow. <laughs> he stayed back <laughs> with the team, away from the team. Ah, damn it. Uh, 
Shout out to Cody CC for kicking a goal. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our friends at AMA Travel, Betway, Oodle Noodle. Go get a sticker. And of course, the brand new Nation Gear lines are available at nationgear.ca. For Tyler, Zach, and Dan, that is Oilers Nation Radio. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.